Welcome to episode nine of the WIM podcast, WWIM podcast. That's Women Who Inspire Me. Our guest today is the lovely, legendary, smart, funny, super chef, uh, super seamstress, mother of five, grandmother of five, the uh, just awesome Mary Beth McGraw, my mother. Mary Beth McGraw. Now, I'm Dave McGrath. She's Mary Beth McGraw. Mom, <laughs> thank you so much for being our guest today. My pleasure, Dave. <laughs> um, so, you grew up in the 50s and 60s in Massachusetts. Yes. What was that like? Tell us, especially about, I want to hear stories about my awesome grandmother and your mom who shaped who you be, the woman who you became. What was that right. like? Um, well, I would think that my sister would agree that we had a pretty idyllic childhood. <laughs> I was born in Worcester and lived in Worcester for the first almost eight years of my life. Uh, first in a three-decker, then we upgraded to a two-decker, <laughs> and then our parents bought land in Paxton and built a house there. So from the mid-50s yeah. until they sold that house in... 1962 uh that's where we grew up in Paxton and we you know from the time we came home from school to bedtime practically we were outside <laughs> two of my friends had horses oh, wow so I was very involved in in that uh one of our big treats was to walk uptown to Paxton Center, <laughs> which had the Paxton Spa and uh, Sullivan's Market. And we could go, it was uh, probably a little over a mile to, to walk uptown. And uh, we loved Paxton. Yeah. Uh, we had great friends. And Graham, we had a huge vegetable garden. <laughs> she and her sister, my Aunt Jean, who was like a second mother, yeah. uh, would get together every fall and at each other's houses and they would can tomatoes they would make tomato juice they would can peaches they it, it, so we always had really good fresh food yeah. from the garden oh. uh there was a time when we lived in Paxton that my dad didn't have a job and Graham to take up the slack took two housekeeping jobs <laughs> she went to help a neighbor who um, had a big house and, and needed some help. Yeah. She worked two eight-hour days for $8. Oh, my God. Uh, per day. Makes me feel better about my power pay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Of course, then, I mean, $8 was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, she didn't have her license until she got her license when she was 65. <laughs> and uh, my dad attempted to teach her how to drive <laughs> and one time my sister and I were in the back seat of our 54 Chevy <laughs> with our dog Laddie <laughs> and uh Graham was going for a driving lesson so grandpa was in the in the front seat 
And he said, okay, gently apply the brakes. Well, the dog, my sister and I went flying off the back seat and Graham said, that's, that's it. it. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not cut out to drive. But she was a but, very nervous driver. But cut out to do every, nothing else stopped her. I mean, oh, she would no. do any, everything. I mean, she was yeah. mowing the lawn when she was Howell. Like, In her 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, she wasn't afraid of, as I was, of bats or yeah. mice or anything like that. Um, she she did not have an easy childhood. Right. Her she was only eight years old when her mother died. So the fact that she was such a great mother, right. um, uh, and a great cook, and right. all of the above, uh, I attribute to my aunt Lucy, yeah. who was yeah. her older sister by uh, thirteen years. Wow, so basically, so, yeah, she basically raise. basically helped helped raise them. And um, when Graham came to the United States, uh, she came, as you know, from the little island of yeah. St. Pierre Miquelon, <laughs> and she couldn't speak any English. Right. They all spoke French. Um, they went to French school, and that school had a, a church. The, 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 of course, back then the Mass was in Latin, right. but everything else, the sermons and, and things were in French. So it was not easy for her. Yeah. And... Um, they they were poor. I, she told me stories of when they were kids. They used to go on the railroad tracks with a bucket and pick up pieces of coal that had fallen Jeez. onto the tracks, so they could have heat in their house. So, you know, and instilled in you, I think, you know, be happy for what you have. Oh, right? absolutely. I mean, and that, you passed that down to me. She she used to say, "I'm so lucky." Yeah. And and you know, looking back on her life, you would. You would think, what did she have to be right. saying that? Right. But but that's the way she was. Yeah. I mean, she was very um, happy with happy with nothing, right? And and made something out of nothing right. all the time, and did what she had to do to get by, no right. matter what the oh, circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. Through it, through it. She didn't even have a birthday cake until she was twenty one years oh old God, and that? working in a factory, and the girls in the factory. And I didn't know that until I was an adult, yeah, yeah. you know? And so, so and, and that says something about her because there's so many people that be, would be like, hey, I didn't have a birthday cake until I was 21. What are you, right. what are you complaining about? Yeah, but yeah, no. it's true. But she, yeah. she never did that. And, um, you know, she, she was strict. Yeah. I always thought she was a little bit stricter with me <laughs> uh, than she was with, my sister yeah. because and i think that that happens naturally anyway because yeah. i i know with your first one you're kind of uh <laughs> you don't want to make any mistakes <laughs> and you don't want them to make any mistakes but um so i think in part she she molded that into me yeah. also um but uh yeah we had we really did have a a good childhood yeah. we had uh, we had everything we needed. Right. And you had each other. And, right. You know, that's what, yep. you know, they they kind of taught, you know, Graham taught you that you, the, the, all the other stuff, all those other details don't really matter. If you're with your family and you're, you know, taking care of each other, that's right. Really... And we were lucky enough to have an extended family yeah. because my Aunt Jean, yeah. my, uh, Graham's sister, 
and Uncle Fred and their two boys, our cousins Jim and Tom, also lived in Paxton. Right. And we did everything together. Yeah. And it's because of Uncle Fred that we started going to PEI, yeah. which, uh, of course... Life changing. Yeah, yeah, it really was life changing for for the whole family, for everyone in the whole family. And that's trickled down as well. Yes, yes, it has, even to the grandchildren now, because they love it too. So, um, because of that, we had a a great social life. Yeah. I mean, we every Sunday, every we alternated going to each other's houses yeah. after you had to go to seven thirty mass. Of course, you, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> If we weren't going to each other's houses for breakfast, we were going out for breakfast. Yeah. But uh, we very seldom went out to eat. Yeah. I mean, not the way people do now. Yeah. And takeout was, I mean, no one did well, takeout. Well, I mean, and Graham was proud of her cooking. Oh, so. very, very much so. <laughs> and well-deserved well to be so. proud because it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can I can still <laughs> picture the house in Paxton yeah. and, and the um, the setup of yeah. it the layout of it and everything it was uh it was their dream home yeah and um i can still remember oh my goodness she was so mad at grandpa because the living room uh had a, a huge fireplace wall with white cabinets <laughs> and bookcases above and grandpa decided it would be a good idea to burn the christmas tree <laughs> along with some wrapping paper after Christmas. And there was such a conflagration of big puff of smoke and the smoke went all over the white paint of the cat. Graham was, that's one big difference between Graham and I. She was a real cleaner. Yeah. She loved, she was never happier and, than yeah. when she was cleaning. <laughs> she hummed all the time. Probably because you know? she was happy to have the actual that's exactly, space to clean, that's right? That's exactly I mean, yeah. why. I mean, after years of living in tenements, yeah. to have her own right. kitchen floor that she picked out and, uh, you know, I mean, she loved to clean. Yeah. So the fact that there was a smoky ashes all over her white cabinets that's probably the maddest i've ever seen her and of course gramp kind of thought it was funny <laughs> but do you often drive by that i know i've driven by that house i've never been in it whenever i'm in paxton yeah, i do drive, drive yeah. by it's changed yeah. a lot because just the we Layout had a, a, a driveway yeah. with a garage that went under the house okay. and um gramp and uncle fred built a beautiful stone wall that was probably eight feet high and um that's gone yeah so you know it has it has changed a lot and it, it, when auntie and i often talk about this the the front lawn seemed huge when we had to mow it and now <laughs> i said it, it can't be it couldn't have been that close to the street you know so maybe they widened the road but um so i would come home from school i'd get changed because you had to keep your school clothes yeah, looking good yeah, yeah. and then i'd go across the street which is where the barn was where my friends uh, the horses horses were and i would get started you know cleaning out the stalls uh grandma she she didn't encourage me to go over there because of course when i came back dirty, i smelled right? like horses <laughs> <laughs> and manure and all of that <laughs> stuff but um uh it was great, and every once in a while, I after doing all that stuff, they would actually let me ride mm. one of the horses. So, uh, 
it was my friend Sue. She started out. She had a little Welsh pony. I mean, the things you remember. Yeah. Little Welsh well, pony. speaking of things you remember, so not only you were uh, playing with those horses was an after school activity. You mentioned the Girl Scouts before. Oh, what? Yeah. How did that come about? And you, you, we, you said you ended up on the radio. Oh like yeah, we met at uh, the <laughs> Paxton Town Hall, which was also where we had our ballroom dancing <laughs> lessons. <Okay. laughs> and um, and uh, our leader—I I don't know if she knew the person that was uh, did the radio yeah. show, but she got this idea that it would be nice to have these little girls go into a jewelry store and look at all the jewels and gems. <laughs> oh so we were on the Julie and Andy show. And, uh, TAG, you said? W-T-A-G. Yeah, WTAG. Yeah. If you can and... find this footage, WTAG. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. <laughs> it's probably in the archive somewhere. <laughs> and, um, we were just, you know, they were they were showing us all this fancy jewelry, and we were ooing and eyeing and talking about our birthstones <laughs> and things like that. But that was uh, my introduction to <laughs> to radio. And in those days, I mean, we did have a TV. Yeah. But um, uh, when I was little, the radio, radio was, was on all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, up in the two decker. I don't. Yeah. I don't really remember living in the three-decker yeah. because we moved when I was like three. Right. But um, I can remember that radio being on all the time while Graham was ironing. Yeah. or And she ironed everything. <laughs> and I, ha- I learned, she ironed sheets and pillowcases. I learned to iron ironing grandpa's boxer shorts <laughs> then when i mastered that i i graduated to his hankies and those had to be done a certain way i mean i don't think people today iron do mark do you iron your boxer shorts Just... <laughs> i still iron uh, occasionally but it was a thing then yeah. i mean because uh, everything was hung outside, yeah. no one had a dryer, and the three, the two decker and the three decker, you had a back porch yeah. with a huge clothesline that you pulled in onto the porch, and then you hung everything out. And I can still remember Grandpa's pants coming in <laughs> off the line, and they were frozen solid. Oh she would stand them up <laughs> uh, and in front <laughs> of the stove so they would dry. dry. That's crazy. And then um, in the summertime, when it was hot. They'd, the things would come in and they'd be really dry. Yeah. And she had a little special little bottle with a sprinkle head on it. And she'd sprinkle all the clothes and roll them up and put them in the refrigerator. <laughs> and then they should wait a little while and then they'd be easier to, to iron. <laughs> but everything was ironed. Now, did Graham pass along her s- sewing skills to you was that self-taught how do you i learned how to sew we had a home ec class in seventh and eighth grade at paxton center school (laughs) and that's where i learned how to sew and i did some of it but i didn't sew for a a long time probably until um well before we were married i I made my uh wedding veil Ah. but um i I really didn't start to sew until you had kids. Uh, I had kids. Yeah, yeah, uh, and more specifically, until I had Carolyn, because oh, okay. I, right. I didn't uh, really have a good sewing machine. Yeah. I got my best sewing machine before Tommy was born yeah. in '76, and it's still working. It's <laughs> up at the cottage in PEI. <laughs> so you grew up in Paxton. When did you move out of that house? Did you move? You didn't go to Westboro 
State Hospital. You didn't. Li- Did you live in that house? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. yes. So that yeah. was was that after Paxton? <laughs> That's where or? after Paxton. Okay. Uh, Grandpa got a job as the assistant business business manager yeah. at the State Hospital, and um, he he had to move to the grounds right. of the hospital. There was no discussion about it. Auntie and I often talk about this. How they just said we're today going, we're doing this. It. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're selling the house. Yeah. We're moving, yeah. and. We were devastated. Yeah, I was. I was a freshman in high school, and I oh, went geez. to. That's a that, you know that's a transition <coughs> yeah, ex- time anyway. Except that I was, um, I was going to high school in Worcester, okay. so my high school didn't change. Oh. Uh, Auntie did have yeah, to change yeah. schools, but um, it was uh, it was traumatic yeah. for for Auntie and I to leave that house, and uh, you know they tried to. Spin make it, it spin good. it positive you'll each and, yeah. have your own yeah, room <laughs> uh, things like that but it, it was difficult yeah. it really was uh and and auntie and i both still consider that we grew up in paxton yeah even though the majority of our life wasn't there but right. that's that's where we where we feel we lived the yeah. most um and then you worked did you end up working at the i worked too, right? at the state hospital yeah. yeah i started working there when i was between freshman and sophomore year in college and um i loved it i wanted to quit school uh, at anna maria yeah. and go to nursing school ah. because i i loved the what i did yeah i was a nurse's aide right and <clears throat> Uh, Graham and Grandpa and I uh, had a meeting with the head of the English department at Anna Maria, and basically they told me I couldn't leave. Jesus. (laughs) See, that's such a sign of the times. Oh, it's it's definitely a sign of the times because we we did what our parents said, you know? And um, so I I stayed at Anna Maria, which... It's funny how you see the pattern of your life yeah. because if I hadn't been at Anna Maria, I wouldn't have uh, met Dad. Right. So everything happens for a reason. Right. A right. So uh, <laughs> do you want me to talk about meeting Dad? Yeah. Or? Go ahead. Yeah. So you're at you're at, you stayed at Anna Maria. I stayed at Anna Maria. I, I had a great bunch of friends, yeah. and um, some of them had gone to high school together not with me but to another high school and they when they were in high school had a little um uh, community service that they did which was going to a nursing home uh every friday night and <laughs> what are you singing. doing friday night <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know singing it was a, a nursing home that was just for old women yeah it was um called providence house run by the sister sisters of providence right near saint vincent's it's right near the, kelly square right uh up the hill from yeah. kelly square up the hill from kelly square mark yeah he does <laughs> kelly square jokes anyway oh oh okay <laughs> i know kelly so, square so well. you're going to one of these nights yeah so we were going to one of these nights <laughs> i wish and i had a video of this we, <laughs> see you walking in and seeing him okay go uh, we needed a piano player <laughs> And one of our friends knew dad and she asked him if he would be willing to play the piano. And and he said, yes. So we, you know, that's how we met. And then he went to Holy Cross, as you know, and we, um, was he, so he was at, you were both in college. Yes. He's only a year ahead of you. He was a year ahead of me at Holy Cross. And one night after, um, 
we had entertained the ladies. The nuns used to trundle out a little cart with little glasses of punch and <laughs> cookies for us afterwards. And, uh, you know, we sang like all the old World War II songs. These yeah. poor women. Yankee they, Doodle Dandy? Oh, we no. did. Do, we, well, we did a lot of, um, uh, you know, like I'll Be Seeing You and yeah. Don't Sit Under the Apple Tree and, uh, you know, all those songs. And um, they couldn't remember where they were the day before. Yeah, right. Uh, but they could remember they the words songs, to yeah. every one of those songs. In so, their brain somewhere, not getting out. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So uh, there was a, what we used to call then a mixer at <laughs> Holy Cross, which was basically uh, a dance in yeah. the field house um, with a DJ. You know, So uh, we decided the, Probably the girls and I. Probably actual 45s. Right? Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, I had my car, my uh, Ford Falcon, <laughs> sixty-two Ford Falcon named Esmeralda, and um, never do that. Yeah, we decided that we would go up to Holy Cross to the mixer, and when we got there, Dad was there. Oh, so that was just a coincidence. Like a, co- it was almost like a coincidence. We Real, well, kind of. I guess. Yeah, you didn't I know mean, he was gonna. No, but. Yeah. Uh, there were guys from Holy from, Cross who also came to the nursing yeah, so, home. So okay, so, so yeah. Um, and and Dad was there, and we, uh, you know, he asked me to dance, and yeah. and I did, and um, that was just before Christmas. So we had like a Christmas dance okay. at Anna Maria, and our friend who had recruited Dad to play the piano asked him had asked him to go to, to go this to Christmas that. dance yeah. and I was going with someone else. <laughs> so we, <laughs> the old somewhere somewhere <laughs> I have a picture of me sitting between dad and my date <laughs> and dad was leaning over talking to him, yeah, you know, yeah. leaning over across <laughs> me. And um <laughs> so, you know, that's really how we kind of yeah. got to know each yeah. other uh at that dance. Right. And then he called at the time it was a long distance call from Worcester to Westboro. <laughs> That's crazy. He called me and asked me uh, if I would like to go. Oh, well, at that dance, I had told him that I wanted to go see Peter, Paul, and Mary. And you, so you probably gave him your his, your number. I he must, got to, or someone I, gave. Well, no, he got he your number it up somehow. In the phone book, oh, probably. oh, right, yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> And so I had told him I was I wanted to go see Peter Paul and Mary, and I was probably going to be going by myself. So <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> I, in my mind, I wasn't saying it intentionally. So anyway, he called and asked me if I'd like to go see Peter Paul and Mary with him, and I kind of put him off because I wanted to talk to my friend and make sure. Right, she that she wasn't. There wasn't going to be yeah, drama. There wasn't gonna yeah, be, and she said, "Oh no, no, we're just friends." Yeah. So um, I can't. What remember was her name? If, you don't know. Marianne Laporte. Thank you, Marianne. Uh, she she has. I mean, I'd be existing right now. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for letting me. Yeah. You go don't free. think she's with us anymore? No, oh, she okay. she. I know she isn't. Okay. And From beyond, um, thank you. Yep she um she said go go for it. So uh, I. I think I got in touch with dad and, and told him, you know, that it was okay. And um, so your first date was a concert? Well, we, our first real date was to a Bruins game. Oh. Okay. Uh, my first Bruins game. Explaining so much. And the, when I was 19. <laughs> the enigma of Dave McGrath on his, 
world where how I became who I am. Yeah. And um, so I was 19. Yeah. I knew nothing about hockey. <laughs> I, I watched one game to prepare myself <laughs> on Channel 38 with the aluminum foil around the antenna. It was black and white, very fuzzy. And I, we used, my friends and I, when we were in high school, used to go to the St. John's basketball game. So I said, oh, well, it's not that yes. different from basketball. <laughs> you know, they go from one end to the other. They shoot. They, you know, there's guards, can't be there's that forwards. Yeah. So, um, so we went to the game and I said to him, I don't know anything about hockey. And he said, well, uh, they got a new kid. He's supposed to be pretty good. Just watch him number four. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the beginning of my crush on Bobby Orr. Uh, Dad used to like to take pictures, yeah. and he was down by the glass. Used to. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> and he was down, well, it wasn't glass then. Yeah, he yeah. was down by the edge of the rink yeah. taking pictures, and he saw that Bobby was signing autographs because w before the glass they would was just there, go up you there could, yeah, the they edge. would just yeah, go. Yeah. So uh, he turned around to get my attention, and I was already down there <laughs> getting Bobby's autograph. But at your first game? No, or no, not at the first one. Yeah, okay, subsequently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, so there we go. There's hockey. So now, when so your first game, were you what was that your the first time you'd been to any hockey game? Oh yes. But so you watched one game and then went yes. to a game where yep. you just like yeah like wow like committed yeah yeah and just saw bobby just doing his thing and like yeah unbelievable yep, that's right and i mean the bruins were not that good no he turned it around yeah right? yeah, yeah. so did. you kind of got to see them rise and then i did so fast forward to your first mother's day my first mother's day <laughs> may 10th 1970 john was born may 4th yeah. and um so he was less than a week old <laughs> And the Bruins were playing in the Stanley Cup final, which is, it's crazy to think that the final May. game is May 10th, <laughs> when, when you see how yeah, long the season yeah. is now. But anyway, and the, the game went into overtime, and I said to Dad, now if they score in overtime, the baby is asleep. So you're on so um, Mayberry Drive, Drive in, in our apartment. Point, yeah. Uh, the baby's asleep, so if they score in <laughs> overtime, we have to keep the celebration very low-key. But luckily, he woke up uh, in time for for the Bruins score, and, uh, you know, we went crazy. The people who lived downstairs, the guy was in the National Guard, and he was just coming home, and we oh. could hear his horn blasting <laughs> from the, the time he turned onto Mayberry Drive until he got into the driveway. It, it was... It was just <laughs> insane. I mean, that was, it had been a long time. Yeah. And they should have won the, the next year, but they didn't. So. And and little did you probably know that John would be the first of five. Yeah, <laughs> I know. You know, when I was a kid, I used to say I was going to marry a farmer from PEI and have six boys. <laughs> so I married so an accountant from Worcester. <laughs> <laughs> I had I had three boys, so I. But he I, loves PEI. Oh, he so, does. The yeah. lucky for him. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so yeah, I I little did I know that John would be the first of five. <laughs> we had started looking at houses before he was born yeah. because I really didn't want to have him in an apartment. Yeah. I don't know. I just had this. Yeah, yeah, no, thing. yeah. I, and uh, so we really hadn't seen anything that we liked and. 
we looked at a lot and our real estate agent called us and said there's a house of that's going to be available uh but the original owners are living in it now the owners are living in it now but they have sold it to a developer so uh, they said you can come and, and look at the house, but it's not really them that yeah. that's selling the house. And Johnny was, oh, maybe a couple of months old. So we went and looked at the house on Bowman Street, and I really liked it. I, we had never been in this part of Westboro. In fact, at the Fork, there were some kids on bikes, and we said, which way do you go for Bowman Street? <laughs> and they told us which way to go. And, of course, there were between... The fork and the house that we live in now, there were two houses. Yeah. The, um, well, three, including the one right across right. the street from us. There was uh, the Baptiste's old house, yeah. which is the, the old colonial right. house, and um, the Belanger's house, yep. and then... Uh, the which was the Newton's house right, was right. across the street from us, and there was nothing on our side of the street except for <laughs> our house until you got down to the turnpike, right? And then the walkers. Wow. House so that numbers. There. I mean, what is that number up to now? Like, there's oh, tons I of houses. Know. I mean, and now yeah. they've even like in the backyard, the old backyards of. Oh yeah, other yeah. Well, we were lucky now. because uh, the developer had bought all the land. Yeah. And had planned on putting a right-of-way in between our house and the next house that he built and building houses behind there. But because it was so close to the reservoir, yeah. they, the and town the conservation didn't let him do area. that. And yeah. the conservation yeah. area of the town didn't let yeah. him do that. So that's why we have the land behind us. <laughs> so you moved, so when did well. you guys, so you moved into that house in 70? September of 70. 70, okay. Yep, yep. And then Carolyn was born in September of 71. My older sister. Yeah. Who's been a previous guest. So, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so um, eventually, I mean, when we bought the house, it had three bedrooms, right. which was more than we needed. <laughs> and um, then when I was expecting Meg, we yeah. decided we, who was yes. number five. Three boys in one room, like the size of this room. Wasn't, <laughs> yes. Well, wasn't the, smaller, maybe smaller than this, uh, or maybe around well, the size. Well, you had not, the bunk beds. Yeah. Bunk and, beds, another and bed. one and, bed. And there wasn't at, much uh, in that, else in that room, was there? I don't no, know. there wasn't. There was a bureau. <laughs> yeah, there and um probably maybe a toy no box. clothes in it <laughs> yeah no the clothes were all on the floor, floor. <laughs> and um so that's when and john was very excited when we built the addition because uh he was going to get his own room yes but but then got scared then right he did <laughs> yes he his friends came up to help him move yeah. and as he was walking through the kitchen yeah. to go up the other set of yeah. stairs he was crying yeah. <laughs> but he did adjust and right. then eventually well then cuz we went over came. too right yeah, yeah, yeah well, so. i don't know why that transition uh, maybe just he well tommy had, was, he was still pretty small yeah, yeah. uh cuz tommy was only 3 when meg was born so so, so I shared a room till John went away to college. That was my freshman year of high school. So that was similar for you too, right? You shared a room with Auntie until yeah, until uh, we moved to uh, yeah. to Westboro. And and that's the thing is like, you know, I never thought, you know, sharing a room. I thought sharing a room was a good thing. Like I never yes. thought, oh God, I, I don't have my own room. I I do know when I got to that age though, I did want I did. 
You yeah, did, but grow, you know. the growing up part, I never thought. Oh right. wow! I got to share a room. I I loved I loved yeah. having and Tommy and even as... when we moved to Westboro, yeah. you had to go through my room to get into Auntie's. Room. Oh jeez! So it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't you know we were private. separate, yeah. but but still yeah. together in yeah. in some ways. So uh, yeah, I mean now people not only have to have their own rooms, they have to have their own bathrooms, <laughs> and we had. Seven people and one with bathroom. One bathroom, That's and crazy. for a long time, no shower. That's crazy. It, Dad in the morning <laughs> would be sitting in the bathtub, oh my God, shaving, and I'd be changing a baby. Someone how would wander in. How did you have five kids in ten years? How did you possibly? <laughs> I say that to people now. They're like, "What?" <laughs> like, but I mean, like, I mean, that's a sign of the times as well, too. Oh right? yeah. I mean, yeah. So like the Cadigans, so there were other too. big families in yep. town. Yeah, yeah, there were. Really no, no. I mean, and now uh, kids have to have their own bathroom, and <laughs> and I I watch a lot of the HGTV shows <laughs> and where people are looking at houses. Yeah, and they say only one sink in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, but poor dad sitting sitting in the tub. <laughs> I'd be changing a baby. Some kid would wander in and he'd say, anybody else out there want to come in? <laughs> as far as how I had five kids in well, like nine and a half yeah, years, right. uh, I couldn't have done it. Well, talk about it takes a village. It, yeah. I had so much help and yeah. support. Yeah. And from, we had a great neighborhood. We had you know, a great neighborhood. Uh, fantastic neighbors. Yeah. I mean, the Moors were as close as family yeah. and yeah, then, talk about another great mom oh, oh yeah God. she was my like, role model yeah. she really was she had five kids and her youngest was the same age as yeah. johnny so um and meg called her mama more yes right? yeah <laughs> mama more and she, meg wasn't the only one to call her mama more a lot of people yeah. a lot of kids did and she would take Two or three of you to a, a little league game just so I'd only have one or two at home. You know, that was like a vacation. Uh, I mean, they were great. If I didn't have a car, she would let me use her car. Uh, and then. Yeah, you when, go, neighbors looked out for each other. They did. I mean, I remember going to the O'Connors just to get it like a cup of sugar. I don't know oh, how many times. Like, time. it, it, it would, but it's back and forth. Scott would come over to our house. Oh, and absolutely. Like, you know? She was the, the first person I knew who had a microwave. <laughs> And we were always um, going over there. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> Carolyn, when she was diagnosed, yeah. sometimes the uh, there was nothing she wanted to eat. Yeah. And uh, she was diagnosed with uh, type, type one, one diabetes. diabetes when she was 11. And um, I'd say, well, how about a baked potato? And at the time, diabetes was managed very strictly as far as timing goes. Yeah. If you did your insulin, you had to eat right. within at a certain, certain length right. of time. It was harder and, to control. Um, she she would say okay and i would call serena and i'd say can i send somebody over with a potato <laughs> for the microwave and she was oh sure and wh whoever would run across the street with a potato and come back with it all wrapped up uh, you know nice and hot so carolyn could have something to eat but uh, i mean we had a great neighborhood not all stay-at-home moms i mean no. uh, that's one thing i was very very lucky no that I could stay, stay home. home. I considered myself lucky because yeah. now I see, uh, like Meg, especially, yeah. she stays home and works. Right. But I don't know how people do it. I, because well, they I don't have know. five. No, that's, that's, that's true. That's part of it. Yeah, but I had days that I struggled, that, and I was at home. Right. 
But I always try to um, take a little time, uh, like having everyone in for a nap. Yeah. You know, everyone who was at home, not <laughs> in school, it was golden. Yeah. So instead of doing something that I should have been doing, I would make a cup of tea yeah. and sit down and read a book yeah. because I just needed some sort of little escape yeah we knew we were we were being really bad when you'd get in the car and just go for a drive oh yeah we, and we would we'd be like oh my god now we know we got to be really good yeah <laughs> i would be good it was such a smart move i was never just to exit for the situation long. no you were because you knew it worked too right, like, yes <laughs> i just but i had to separate myself and then there was the memorable time when i was painting the trim in the living room a lovely colonial blue and uh, the phone rang, and I went to answer the phone, and I came back into the living room, and you had decided to help me paint. And there was paint everywhere, on the hardwood floor, <laughs> uh, you know, all over the door. And that time, I called Dad, and I said, you have to come home, because if you don't, I might kill Dave. <laughs> <laughs> That's reminding me of, so I just shared this with the uh, kindergartners I work with uh, last week. The time I um, was riding my bike and not really paying attention. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll share my side of the story and then you can say, you know. So I was riding my bike. I was really young. I learned how to ride really young. I you was did. Like four or five or yeah, something. Yeah. Riding my bike around the street, not paying attention. And a police officer drives by and sees me just da 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 da. No and helmets in those days. Nothing. No. Son, you got to be more careful when you ride in the street. Just, you know, giving me the business. Not yelling, really, but just being mm -hmm. very stern. Mm -hmm. You know, looking out for me. But, of course, you know, you're that age. You, police officers upset with you. You're you're like, oh, my God, am I going to get in trouble? I go, I go, I don't know. Have you heard this story, Mark? So I go and cry. I run inside crying to mom. <laughs> and, of course, being the caring, empathetic problem solver that she is like oh dave what's wrong you know and and i said that a bee stung me because that's the first <laughs> thing in my mind that could cause me crying and running, running inside in. and not getting in trouble mm -hmm. and then what happened there was a knock on the door <laughs> and there was a policeman at the door and he very nicely said i just spoke to your little boy about riding his bike in the street i hope i didn't scare him i didn't mean to and i said oh no i don't think you scared him he told me he got stung by a bee that was my last time i had an entanglement with law enforcement the rest of my life not true but no we're not gonna we won't talk about that probably the first time i ever heard of it <laughs> and maybe the last time. <laughs> well, at what point, so you had five kids. At what point did you know that I was the number one troublemaker? Was it early on? Was it four or five? You were, <laughs> when you were born, you were a pleasure because <laughs> Car Carolyn and Johnny were so close in age. Yeah. They were 16 months apart. Yeah. Then when you came along, Carolyn was two and a half yeah. and Johnny was almost four. four. So, you know, they helped me yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. things and so you were a pleasure as a baby <laughs> you really were you were you were great you were late walking so you weren't really getting into things so it was probably more when you were like two and a half or three <laughs> that um your gave true you self few, came. i gave you a few good years <laughs> yeah you did <laughs> and i'm looking forward to a few more <laughs> but um 
I, you, we had to use negative psychology on you. Uh, like if we didn't want you to do something, <laughs> we would tell you to uh, do it. Yeah. So, uh, or if we wanted you to yeah, do something, right. we would tell like you not, not to, to do, do it. it. Um, and sometimes that worked, <laughs> but by the time Tommy came around, or no, Meg, so you yeah. were in kindergarten. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we were building the addition on the house, yeah. and you just didn't listen. <laughs> you just didn't listen. And we were waiting at the bus stop because you were in afternoon kindergarten, and we had the the foundation was poured for the addition. That was it. And they had those big um, bars, you know, yeah. those oh, I, I iron bars that they, yeah. And Mrs. Moore was waiting for the bus with us, just came up for a chat. And you I started running towards the addition cellar hole. And I said, Dave, don't go over there. And, of course, you didn't pay any attention. You, Dave was going to do what Dave wanted to do. I do this sometimes in my life, no matter what the, <laughs> no matter what the consequences. And Mrs. Moore said, don't run after him because I was like eight months pregnant. So I was lumbering along trying to get over to you and, and you were walking on the edge of the cellar hole. It was and, like a pit. I yes, mean, it was a pit, a pit going down. A into the, pit. Yeah. And naturally you fell and scraped your leg on one of those, those bars, bars sticking, sticking out. out. Yes. So uh, it, I don't know if that taught you a lesson. Uh, we call that natural consequences. Yes, I guess that's what we call <laughs> yeah. it. But I did not say what Graham used to say to me, which was, see, God punished you. <laughs> that is something I never yeah. said to you guys no, because no. I just didn't. And you were always, you know, and this is the thing with you, Mom, is no matter what trouble we got into, you never... You just wanted to help us. You just you just knew that it was a kind of like a symptom of something troubling us and wanted to help. Mm -hmm. And that's that, that's, you know, from me falling into a pit to me being a drunken idiot to no no matter what it was. And you know, I don't I don't know how you do that, but you do. <laughs> I Well, I, sometimes I didn't know how yeah. I did it. Uh you know, after you were diagnosed with the brain tumor yeah. and and came through on yeah. the other side fine i i didn't know how i did it <laughs> i i do know that um i when you don't have a choice you carry on right i mean well that's the thing and you know you talked about Kara getting diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and that's something that you know disease taught us is that you get you you just go through it and you have to you know, there are times to complain and be sad about it, but in the end, you still got to keep laughing. You still got to do, right. you still got to live life. Right. You know, and talk about that. You know, you had your oldest daughter diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. That was 1983. That was uh, six weeks before grandpa died. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, early 83. Mm -hmm. You're. Oldest daughter gets di diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and then six weeks later, your father dies. Mm -hmm. Then five years after that, your little son, Troublemaker, mm -hmm. gets diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Not only that, tell me, you know, walk me through that story. So, so Kat, Kat gets, well, actually, before we jump to that, so Kat gets diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. Mm -hmm. What was that? Like, was that a shock? Was that oh, just like, was, oh my God? It like, was a shock. Yeah. Uh, there was no history that we yeah, knew of. right. 
and our neighbor yeah, down was just, the street, yeah. her son had just been diagnosed. That, his that sister, happened, his right? sister was Carolyn's best, best friend. And he had gotten a state of the art at the time uh, test kit. So Blood he test, was, sugar, yeah, sugar sh- test, glucose yeah. test. So he was, Carolyn had, I had taken her to the doctor because um, she had the flu and she just didn't seem to yeah. be getting better. And they didn't check her for diabetes. She, Carolyn at the time was starting to um, run, yeah. you know, and, right. and to try to get fit. She was in. What would that have been? Sixth grade, yeah. I guess. And um, she was losing weight. But she went down to visit her to play w- at her friend Katie's house. And they were all sitting around checking each other's blood sugar. Just for the hell of it. Yeah. <laughs> what else <laughs> what do you do? Well, there's no internet back then. We got to right. do something. Yep. <laughs> and so uh, Katie's mother, my friend Kathy, called me and said, I, I don't want to alarm you, yeah. but. Carolyn's blood sugar is really high. Was it like high. 400 or something? Do you remember oh, the yeah, number? Oh, yeah, it was really high. It was really high. high. Yeah. It was well over yeah, 400. Something that you had to go to the hospital. So I called the doctor, and um, I, I can't remember now. I think we did go to the doctor, and they checked it, and they said you have to bring her to the hospital. And when we got there, the hospital knew what she had tested at so they and they said prepared for i can't anyway. believe you're walking yeah. in wow so yeah that was that was really and a diagnosed shock. that day you went right? oh yeah, yeah yeah no no doubt about interrupting it. i remember I'll, of course selfish nine-year-old dave was upset because we had plans to go to cooperstown that's right fame that yeah it was just before april vacation forget about those plans yeah. and you know when you're in the third grade you don't you don't think, oh my God, my sister has a you know Is chronic sick. chronic disease. Right, you right. think I'm missing out. Yes, but yes. you know, as you grow up, you learn. Well, it's important. You know, the only thing that's really important is her being still with us and right. getting on with her life. Which exactly, you know, you mentioned or I mentioned my Crohn's diagnosis. You know, seeing thank God for me anyway, seeing Kat deal with chronic disease for those years, I was like, wow, she mm-hmm. can. She has type one diabetes, but can still getting on with her life, still doing what she still, ha- you know, doing things that make her happy. Yep. Um, so what was so so what was that? So I guess in a way, my Crohn's diagnosis was probably not as much of a shock. You already had one kid with a chronic <laughs> disease, yeah. but this was around Christmas time, so it was a little right. Different. And actually, uh, Tommy also was. Oh yeah, asthma. had asthma. Yeah. Um. Who, a couple so, ER trips. Oh uh, yeah. Chronic disease. Yeah. Yep, and um, the asthma sometimes would make him uh, not be able to eat, yep. so he'd get dehydrated, yep. and and you know we'd have to go for IVs and yep. things like that. But um, and then John, as I, was, I know we're jumping back and forth there, but then John didn't have any di- you know, diagnosable disease, but it got into his own. Oh yeah, falling out of the tree, getting mauled by a dog on his paper route. Yeah, like, well, going over the handlebars. Like at of some his point, bike. did you say what else? What else is there? Like I, I couldn't ask myself that. Yeah, you couldn't because you didn't want to know, know the answer. I did not right. want to know. Uh, but there again, I mean, if it weren't for family support, or I was going to say my Crohn's, our neighbor, our neighbor, our neighbors, our neighbors yep. with my Crohn's diagnosis. Yeah. So can you walk me through that though that like kind of like two week period? Okay, well, um, you weren't feeling you, well. Yeah, not saying much about it. It's my stomach hurt. Yeah, your stomach hurt. <laughs> we went to pick Johnny up 
at Providence uh, yeah. College. <laughs> and um, on our way home, we got off 146 to go to McDonald's, yeah. and you didn't want anything. <laughs> I said, <laughs> something's wrong. Graham actually knew beforehand, because that Thanksgiving I didn't have all her mashed potatoes. Right, with them. She's like, right. what's wrong yeah. with you? Yeah, yeah, you didn't eat as much. And she, <laughs> she, she, knew, she always she had knew. an eye to how much people were eating. But then eating. when that, uh, Graham's cooking and then McDonald's, if, if I'm refusing yeah. those, something's up. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, you, I took you to the doctor, and... He thought that maybe you were just constipated. Yeah. So, pediatrician, much regular pediatrician. Yeah, the regular yeah. pediatrician. So um, I, I think he must have recommended a laxative, which it is was probably like the something oil, like some sort of mineral oil. Or yeah, something yeah, like that. yeah. Uh, which is now now we know it was not a good thing. <laughs> and, but that was my own fault for not telling him all my symptoms. Too. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So. Um, we came back home and you had a fever. So luckily our neighbor, Dr. Bob Thomas, uh, was home. <laughs> and I called and I said, um, I think Dave has a temp, but our thermometer has um, Celsius. It's, yeah. not, uh, it's not Fahrenheit, so I can't, I can't tell for sure. And he asked me what it was. And I told him, he said, hmm. That was one of his favorite little <laughs> <Right>. things. Hmm. <laughs> what are his symptoms? So I told him, oh, maybe I'll take a walk up and have a look at him. So he came up. You were lying on the couch. Yeah, and I remember that. He had you get up and hop on one foot because apparently that's a test for uh, appendicitis. Okay. And he said, yeah, I think maybe you have appendicitis. And then he, I remember him pushing down. I was having yeah. pain here. Yeah. He pushed down and let go. And like when he, it, yeah. it was okay. It hurt a little bit when he, yeah. but when he let go. And then he's like, yeah. 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 So sure he up. said, I'll call ahead. So he called ahead and we brought you to the hospital. He called Dr. Michael Hirsch and said, I've got a, an appendicitis coming in. <laughs> and um, I want to say this is December 20th, I think. Yeah, it, it was around Christmas then. Yeah. Uh, I was planning on having the neighborhood Na ladies over for tea, for the Christmas next tea the next yeah. day. So I, we were sitting there in the surgical waiting room, and I was drawing a little uh, plan of where I was going <laughs> to put, put what <laughs> food on the table when the neighborhood ladies came over. <laughs> the doctor had told us ahead of time, you know, it's going to be 45 a, minutes, a quick right? quick surgery, yeah. and... So we were sitting there and sitting there, and finally someone came out and said, it's taking a little longer than we thought. Uh, the doctor will be out to talk to you. And then, oh, it was hours later, oh, he came out and told us that you had Crohn's disease, which we had never, never heard, heard of. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. Now, and, nowadays, you see a commercial every two oh, seconds. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Not, most people and have heard, not only heard, know someone. We right? had to... Uh, they were going to put us in touch with the PD and uh, not gastroenterologist. Gastroenterologist. Yeah. The bakers. So, is that that's was that with right? their yeah. yeah a husband and wife yeah, team, and uh, you were going to be going into the ICU, <laughs> and I said uh, okay okay. <laughs> yeah, what okay. are you going to say? No, you right? Can't, like, yeah. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> I know. So anyway, I they did let us in to see you. Um, that night, and you had tubes everywhere. You were out of it. Yeah. Um, and then we came home, and then first thing the next morning, I woke we up. In. I think I woke up at some point early. 
was that early early morning or I, uh, when, yeah when was, was the wasn't father was it father tom or fa- father, father tom yeah. sullivan yeah came to see you and um you had i had a tube down my throat yeah when he came yeah yeah, yeah. and um I, I don't know if they had a feeding too. I know you had IVs anyway. And uh, they had adhesive taped your, um, was it a cross or something you were wearing? Uh, Rosary it was, beads? It, it was a St. Metal. Oh, okay. St. Metal, yeah. St. David. Or, and, yeah. and when you saw Father Tom, you grabbed you it. Grabbed yep. it. <laughs> and then um, fr- from there you went to uh, the step-down unit. Yep. Uh, and then they started gradually reintroducing food, but yeah. you weren't home was for there, Christmas. I, it was New Year's Eve is when I came home. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what was that like? Not, you know, having a Christmas, but not without, without one of your kids there. Uh, it was like, the worst Christmas we ever had. I, I said to dad, I'm not cooking. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can't. So we went out to eat yeah. and um, we took. All your toys and a, yeah. all, your, all your presents yeah. in a bag and, to the and brought them up to the hospital. And, you know, dad still did. I don't think he did the movie of everyone coming down the no, stairs. Or, there was a, mo- there was a movie there was that a morning. Because yes. they all they wished said, you well, yeah, we'll a see Merry you soon. Christmas. Yeah, we'll see you soon. But the you could see, when you watched that video of them opening their presents Christmas morning, it's obviously Very not, subdued. Not the same. It was, no, it was <laughs> okay. terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> and every time I get frantic about oh i'm not going to get all this done and da 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 and everyone, we say how many times mom have we said everyone's healthy and that's, that's right. all that matters that's we say all that, that matters. so and no matter any time something stressful comes up if you say that to yourself yeah and we have true. to you and uh, not a lot of people do that no they're so quick to complain about this and that and this thing. Well, right no actually right. no nope. if you're all healthy that's you the best be christmas present ever <laughs> yeah and and even now after with um with COVID, yeah, you know, we right. haven't had a, a normal no. Christmas, really. So no. hopefully this year we will. <laughs> so uh, we all, and again, we got through it. And I remember, I'll remember you guys coming to visit me and we're still making jokes. We're still getting yep. through it. We're still like, this is what's going to be done. And we're glad the surgery went well. And yep. and I remember, well, I have this Crohn's disease thing, like I said before, but I'm going to be fine. Cah. I cat can live with disease, so can I. Yep. And it took me a long time to actually. I mean, I still don't 100 percent have my Crohn's under control, but it took me a long time to figure out how to how what to you live with chronic disease. But knowing I can, you know, that's that's the first step. Right, right. Um, I will say that I couldn't have gotten through any of it without Dad. Yeah, because you know he's the rock. He's yeah. Dad's the you know this is how it is. This is we're gonna do this. We're gonna you know you gotta we'll do A, B, this. and C. We're gonna get through it yep. no matter what. Yep. Um, well, and and now I can say we've gotten through worse. Oh yeah, we uh, have. You know, no mean, matter no matter what know, it is. I asked you know what was it like with someone a kid in your you know kid not at home for Christmas? Then three years later, mm. you have a kid who had more you know with. Cancer. This is right with, yeah. with the brain cancer, you know. And again, uh, I never—I was the first person I knew who had cancer, which is weird for an eighteen-year-old mm. to say. But, um, but like I've shared this story many times, it was in a way a good thing I had my Crohn's experience because I was not telling doctors about my symptoms. I was just being Mister Tough Guy and getting through it. But then with my when I had 
different symptoms when I was in high school, the double vision and headaches. I knew I was like something. This is not normal. Something's wrong. I told you we got to go to the eye doctor mm-hmm. right away. Neither of us thought at that point. I thought no. something was wrong with my contacts. We yeah, we yeah. were not thinking like who would ever think cancerous brain tumor. You wouldn't. For- of course, now every time somebody gets a headache, <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> but but um. But that's why it's important to know if I knew I never I rarely got headaches and they were never that bad. Mm. I knew something was wrong. It's yeah, you know, I would say this many times. It's important to know what is normal for you. And if it's right. if you get out of that normal zone, then go get checked out. No matter what it is, you're going to find out what it is. Yeah. Earlier, and you, the better. you were still driving the St. John's carpool. <laughs> and at some point I said to you, how could you drive? And you said, well, I know if I saw two stop signs, I stop. <laughs> That was only a day or two. Yeah, yeah, I know, but still. And and in that case, too, family. I yeah. mean, auntie came over. At the time, I had a couple of babysitting jobs. She came over and stayed with the little boy so yeah. I could go to the hospital yeah. because that's when you were having the CAT scan. Right. And it was just was before her birthday. So that, yeah, it was the third. Isn't that her birthday? It's her, it birthday. her birthday. Yep. So the third. So I started having symptoms on Sunday night, I want to say. So that Friday is when the CAT scan. We went to the eye doctor, then an ophthalmologist, then Friday the ophthalmologist, neurologist, and does the CAT. And, and I always share this moment. This is so such an important part of the story. We were literally walking out of his office, and mm-hmm. you said, should we call you if his headaches get worse? And he looked at my chart like he didn't know I was having headaches, mm-hmm. like how that First of all, how is that possible? Secondly, right. thank God you said that because when you said that, then he ordered the CAT scan. He got on the phone and said, I need a CAT scan stat. That, you're right. He, and, yeah. <laughs> right. So, Which you rarely, a doctor orders a CAT scan, you got to come, but you got to make an appointment. Right. He said, right. nope, it's happening now. So I knew, not because of that, but I knew when they took they took a run round of pictures and then came, took a different round of pictures at a different angle, I knew I was... I had enough experience knowing doctors don't do that unless there's something there. And so yep. when that was happening, they told they someone was it the doctor or the technician who I don't even remember. I do remember when we were at that last appointment. Do you remember he spun that wheel in the, front the, of the like, eyes? like the illusion optical illusion yeah. kind of thing? And yeah, your, and he your knew, eyes yeah. jumped and he said to his He's uh, resident. It's he's got dorsal midbrain syndrome. And when he said that, not in front of you, but I when dad and I were in the elevator, I said, it's something bad. I know. (laughs) I know. Because he wouldn't say that if it was right. That didn't sound like, oh, he'll get over it. Right. Right. So. um, So they but they told you before they told me that there was a tumor. Yes. You told me. Yeah. They found a tumor. And I saw the CAT scan and it looked like. A spider. That's all I could think <laughs> oh of was gosh. like it was a spider. And um, at the time, they didn't know uh, it was malignant. Right. You know, because people get non-malignant right. brain tumors. But actually, they thought with the location, it probably wasn't. Yeah. Right. And um, so that's when we were scheduled for um, the biopsy. But... For some reason, they couldn't do the biopsy. We went and talked to the doctor. Oh, we, we, but so then, we went, we met with the surgeon. Who yes. Said, oh, this is what yeah. I'm, do. I'm gonna cut in the back of your neck. Yeah. Go up and get yeah. a piece of it out. Yeah. And you, I basically I signed my life away. Right. With the brain surgery, like anything can go wrong. And yeah. I, I share this sometimes <clears throat> that one of the things said 
with all brain surgery, there's a slight chance the patient will undergo a severe personality change. Mm-hmm. And I showed that to you and dad and was mm-hmm. like, you guys wish. <laughs> Hope for the best. <laughs> like, we're, I'm talk, like, but that's what we did. You joke. Yeah. You yeah. joke about when, <laughs> when life throws you challenges and... You know, like that, you still have to joke. You cannot right. lose your sense of humor no, no matter what. No, and I mean, that got us through. That still gets me through every day. <laughs> I mean, I, every day I I say give thanks yeah. because dad makes me laugh every day. <laughs> and, and sometimes not intentionally. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's that gets you through. And, and um, they called with a scheduled appointment and it was like, a month before they were going to be able to do the biopsy. Yeah. So I called Aaron Thomas yeah. to see if Bob could was around. Yeah, yeah. And um, she had him call me. She had him paged and he called me. And I said, look, we can't wait this yeah. long for the biopsy. Can you do anything? He said he's not going to need it. <coughs> Excuse me. And I said, why and he said because the blood work is back oh, he told you yeah oh i didn't know that and the the <laughs> marker is there for cancer oh god so see and that's to you you hearing that must have been like what, yeah. unbelievable like how it, what in are, a way but i think happen? i knew yeah uh you know me too like i i was actually it's so weird to say this, but I was glad. I was like, well, they know what it is. I don't care what name they call it. Yeah. Knowing what it is is a good thing. Right. And right. to me, like, cancer was so, like, foreign to me. Just, I knew the word, obviously. I knew mm. a lot of people, like, killed a lot of people. And mm. I knew you lost your hair, usually, with treatment. But I didn't know why. You know, right. Now I know why right. it, that works that way. Because chemo goes after fast dividing cells, including hair cells. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but... Then, then, you know, so Dr. Bob knew, and then Dr. Bob, I, I know you basically started, obviously probably started praying right away. Naturally. <laughs> and having other people pray. <clears throat> Dr. Bob was the one that came into my room, basically saved my life with, with the uh, Crohn's, ordering the surgery. Then he comes into my room, um... And I mentioned this when Joan was on on the podcast too. Mm-hmm. But comes into my room and tells me about visualization, and that's kind of my my version of prayer. Like to me, prayer and positive thought are very similar things. Mm-hmm. You're you're opening yourself up to the outcome that you want. You're asking for the unit where you call it God, the universe, the mm-hmm. force, positive. Th- you know, you're opening yourself up to that, and you know, and that's what he told me. He said, when you get your chemo, you close your eyes and you picture it doing the thing it's supposed to do. And, you know, hockey goalies use this all the time. Right. They picture themselves making every save. And I say that all the time, but it's so important. Like, never, you're not always going to get the outcome you want, but picturing the outcome you want increases those chances. Mm -hmm. And like you said, um, praying that the outcome you want is going to happen. And not only that, I mean, how many people, there were people in England praying for me. There was people. You were on the prayer list at Westminster (laughs) Abbey. (laughs) Uh, you, uh, I mean, there were people all over Canada praying for you, uh, all kinds of orders of nuns, you know, the sisters of St. Anne from Anna Maria. Um, my friend Pat had her sister who's a sister of St. Joseph. They were all on the prayer. And I, I do believe in the power of prayer. Yeah. I mean, to me, Graham, I mean, Graham, (laughs) 
you know, she she was praying for you all the time. <laughs> uh, Grandpa's sister, Aunt May, who yeah. used to be a nun. Uh, I don't know how many she wore out rosary beads <laughs> praying. Well, in in speaking of the power of prayer and positive thought, when I was first diagnosed, they said you're going to need X round four to five six rounds of chemotherapy followed by radiation. Mm-hmm. Then after my chemo was done, they said we don't know why, but you don't need radiation, and we knew. Uh, we kind of knew why. I knew yep. why. You yep. probably knew why. <laughs> like, the, well, they they said you don't need radiation if, because the tumor is gone. Yeah. And we, if we did radiation, we'd be radiating just, healthy tissue, yeah, so and we don't want to do that. <laughs> and that, uh, from the time you were diagnosed to that day, was I think the first time I cried. <laughs> In front of you, <laughs> hearing um, that word, yeah, Cause, yeah, because I don't know. That. I knew that day was gonna come. It was funny. My one of my friends from BC was like, when I got that news, he's like, "Do you want to go out and celebrate?" I was like, "No, I, I, I knew it was coming. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm good." Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was everything in our family kind of changed. Changed after that. After that. I mean, that's what it gives you perspective. Right? Yeah. I mean, it yep. shows you. You know, the the. The um, diabetes and Crohn's kind of introduce us to the concept of being healthy is really all that matters. But then right. the brain cancer kind of drove it home oh, <laughs> for the rest absolutely. of our lives. Yep. Like, and and also we realized that your life can go on. Yeah, and I mean. You, after the diagnosis, did everything you wanted to do. You went to your senior prom. <laughs> you uh, you went to the Westboro senior prom. <laughs> went to the Red Sox game. Went to the Red Sox <laughs> with an ace bandage wrapped around your hepline. Um, you uh, watched Spinal Tap 50 times that summer, oh, which you well, probably could that, quote it by the end of the of, summer. Uh, oh, Spinal Tap. Wayne's World <laughs> yeah, is the one yeah. I remember. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I actually oh, still funny, think I was it's watching, funny. I kept laughing no matter yeah, what. Yeah, And that kind of, uh, we haven't talked about the Beatles yet. Oh, but, yes. Um, yes. Every time you were on your way for an admission for, for your cancer, as you know, we played your mixtape, but... <laughs> Let it be was <laughs> was the one, and that's the song I still can't listen to <laughs> without crying because that reminds me so much. Yeah, and that yeah. was the philosophy: yeah. just just let it be. What and, do you remember the first time you listened to the Beatles? Uh, I was a junior in high school, and um, we, my friend Christine and I, always believed that. God sent the Beatles to get us over JFK's assassination. Because they happened. Because, I mean, when when did they, because that's, what year was that? November of 63 was the assassination. And and their first album was 60, in the 60s. I mean, most of their albums were in the 60s. And, um, I mean, going to a Catholic high school, being Catholic, JFK was like our president. And and when he was assassinated, you just... You can't even oh. imagine the effect it had on on our school, mm. and it, it was just unbelievable. So, music is healing. It it is, yeah. and and the Beatles were just. I had Beatles sneakers. <laughs> I had, and I wish I still had them. I had every one of the one hundred Beatle trading cards. Oh my god! On the door of my closet. Which and they're gone. Yeah, I wish I had a picture of that. Yeah. Oh, me too. I wish I'm sure mentally you do. 
Yep. I had a Ringo bobblehead. <laughs> uh, and they were just, they were a breath of fresh air. Yeah. I was never into like Elvis yeah. or, uh, I did like a singer called Fabian <laughs> in the 50s. And also, um, Pat Boone was big, yeah. you know, then. But, uh, I mean, the Beatles were everything. So they were and then everything. tell me about the time you heard they were going to be playing. I heard that they were going to be <laughs> in Boston. And WBZ at the time was like the rock yeah, station. Yeah, yeah. And they had a contest that you had to send in a postcard and you could win yeah. tickets. So I thought, well, if I win the tickets, there's no way <laughs> they, they could say no. let me go. <laughs> so I got 100 postcards and I... <laughs> Uh, I put I my name this. This. on 99 of them, <laughs> and I put aunties <laughs> on one. <laughs> and I was so love afraid ah, that she that was going to win. <laughs> but I think it was for two tickets. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, hopefully she would, she would take me. Needless to say, I didn't win. Yeah. And they would not let me go to the any Beatles yeah. concert. Oh. Ever, I I finally saw Paul McCartney yeah. when I was in my sixties. You're welcome. And, th- yeah, and, <laughs> and he was uh, a little older than than I was. And I just on a side note, if Paul, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I'm so glad you stopped dyeing your hair. <laughs> but uh, you know, the Beatles were it. Christine and I <clears throat> used to go. She lived within walking distance of our high school. And so sometimes after school, I'd walk over to her house and then I'd get picked up after supper. And uh, we used to go up into her bedroom and they had the the top five songs yeah, at yeah. a certain time on uh, oh, what, what radio station was it? I don't even remember. Worcester Radio yeah, yeah. State Rock Radio Station. And um, we would be so mad because they'd. they'd do them in reverse order so they'd end with the number one Uh. song and because we loved the beatles so much we hated the rolling stones (laughs) we hated the dave clark five (laughs) because they They cut into the playing time would bump the beatles out of number one spot and we'd be listening with bated breath with our bag of potato chips and our can not cans bottles of coke uh, for the number one song, and we could tell by the first chord, yeah, yeah, what, what, what it, it was. was. Yeah. And if it was like a Dave Clark Five song, boom, the radio <laughs> went off right away. And now you can just say, "Alexa, play the Beatles greatest hits." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that takes a long time. So, uh, yeah, the the Beatles, and and because of how much I loved the Beatles. I mean, you kids have all appreciated yes. the Beatles. And you have a lovely singing voice too, Mom. This is another fact. Oh, well, just That's don't ask so... me to sing. Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying that <laughs> Thank you. you love the Beatles and you had a good singing voice. That kind of probably instilled in us more an appreciation of if you love the Beatles and you, your voice was horrible, we probably <laughs> would know. <laughs> and, I mean, we have to talk about Dad playing the yes, piano. Yes, I mean, yes. we've, we've had yeah, a lot of music yes. in the house all the time. Yeah. And, um, and you know, you kids have all grown up around that. Yeah. So, uh, so that was, uh, that was good. Uh, <laughs> music and books. Yes. I mean, I don't think you've ever seen me without no. a book. And a lot, you know, crave, craving books, craving knowledge, craving, you know, education. 
Yeah, you, you installed yep. all, all our trips to the library <laughs> and uh, sometimes dragging you up off the floor <laughs> if you didn't want to leave the library. Yeah. <laughs> Different things like that. Well, Mom, we're over an hour now, so we're going to have to get okay. to some of these stories at a later date. I hope you'll return as a guest. Well, it, it depends. It, I, you know, by popular demand. Yeah, I think I, well, I, it's going to go viral. I mean, <laughs> Paul McCartney's going to retweet it. And oh, the yes, WTAG is going to get that footage of you singing. That's but, uh, true. Well, no. Oh, yes, that's right. The Atwood <laughs> Hall uh, St. Patrick's Day concert. But um, thank you so much for setting the bar so high for <laughs> women in my life who inspire me mom you're you're the best you're awesome um i wouldn't be who i am without you well, i um, don't know is that a good thing <laughs> <laughs> the positive stuff the good, positive good. okay uh, i always tell the people the positive stuff about me i get from mom and dad all the other stuff is my is <laughs> my own, own, doing. Your own doing i love you mom thank you so much i love you too dave <laughs> okay. you know thanks everyone for listening bye 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 <laughs> <laughs>